fellow watch lovers, nerds, enthusiasts, or however you identify. You're listening to 40 and 20, the Watch Clicker podcast with your hosts, Andrew, and my good friend, Everett. Here, we talk about watches, food, drinks, life, and other things we like. Everett, how are you? I'm, I'm good, man. Do, do you feel ever like this is the part of the show where we talk about how I'm busy and at work and your kids have been crazy yeah. and we and we talk about it for like five minutes that's life because that's exactly how i feel right now that's exactly what life is right now <laughs> we're parents with young kids yeah mayhem yeah my kids are really good though yeah because they're old enough to like self-entertain yeah yeah that's true no i'm really good man uh, i am busy i am busy my law partner is traveling to uh, another part of the world for some army training. Uh, he'll be back soon. Army training. Army training. Uh, he'll be back soon, but like in our practice and the type of work we do, uh, two weeks gone is it's too long. <laughs> it's like a. It's like he, he's going to be gone for. I guess so. He's leaving today, which is the fifteenth. He left this morning. And it's already started and he'll be back on the second. So that's like the almost the full life cycle of an eviction lawsuit. <laughs> and so of the we, lawsuit, like of the trial part though. I mean No, the whole I mean the whole thing. So, you know, from the time you file, you have first appearance to the time you have trial. That's it's like three weeks. So I had first appearances today that will be tried. Actually, no, I filed lawsuits today that i'll probably try before he gets back so we've got you so know, all the money's yours uh yeah i mean we, uh, yeah. We're, we're sort of eat what you kill anyway but it's uh y- yeah i mean it's gonna be crazy i had i had three hearings today i have three hearings in lane county and a hearing in douglas county tomorrow uh, you know, for, for you at home who don't know these counties, this Douglas County is like an hour and a half from us. But yeah, it's like, I don't know, county seats 80 miles from where we are. Yeah. Before he, before he took off, we went through the, our entire docket and it's like 20, 20 hearings, 20 matters that I have to do before he comes back, which is a lot, right? It's maybe hard to get context, but have it's a fun. lot. I know. <laughs> I mean, in 10 working days, in, in 10 business days. Yeah. 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 It's it's a lot. So uh, it'll be fun. It's good. It's work that I'm really confident in. And we, we you know, it, it's you, you settle most of these cases like with anything else. So it's a lot of like alternative dispute resolution and creativity that has to happen. But massaging, if, if you will. Massaging. I yeah. hate that term. I hate <laughs> when people use that term for any kind of mediation or conflict resolution. Well, we just got to massage this. I'm like, no, you don't. We have to talk about it. We have to come up with creative solutions. There's, we don't have to touch each other or any matter with our hand. Don't say massage. I often get asked to massage a deed yeah. or an easement. Can you massage this a little bit? No. <laughs> Can you milk me, Greg? Like, that's what I always think of. I'm like, no, it's the wrong word. Yeah, you know, the word doesn't bother me. I appreciate the I appreciate the the sentiment, but yeah, it's a little awkward now that you mention it. It's just the wrong word. <laughs> How are you doing, Andrew? Did you fry this waffle for me? No, you just know what you do with a waffle. Fuck. I bet a fried waffle would be just fine. Oh, deep fried waffle would be I mean it's basically what a liege waffle is, right? Liege waffles? Like with I the think a liege- pearl sugar? 
I think a liege waffle is just a Belgian waffle, but if you make them right, you use pearl sugar, yeah. Yeah. Which you can't really find. Pearl sugar is really hard to find. Yeah, you got to buy it on the Amazon, but that's basically deep frying it. It's just, well, it's not, but it's it's caramelizing in it, which is the (laughs) effect you're getting with a deep fryer, like that crispy caramelization. I'm good. I had, you know, we're on the tail end of weekend, and I'm looking down the barrel of a short work week before vacation. And I'm good. For that reason, I'm good. I'm going to have, I don't know, 16 days away from work. So when do you when do you leave for vacation? We're going to leave on Sunday morning mm-hmm. for vacation and return either the following Saturday or Sunday. That's open-ended, pending family visits. My <clears throat> Sam's cousin... Maybe. I don't know how they're related. Her family's weird and that they have people who are not related to them in any form or fashion who are closer than most like other family members. Like they're at every holiday, they're at every gathering. They refer to themselves as family, they're like street cousins. Uh, anyway, she works on a ranch in Anaheim-ish area, which I was unaware of their existence, um, and has invited us to come do a tour of all the ranch funtivities that are there, which will be, I don't know, going to a ranch, but <laughs> Sam's parents are coming with us. They're not doing the drive, but they're going to be down the whole week also. This is like horses and llamas or uh, something. Yeah, and llamas and goats and sheeps. And that's it. apparently, this is something I didn't know, even having worked for Anheuser-Busch, is that the, the the barn that they do all the Anheuser-Busch commercials at is there at that ranch in California. Oh, neat. And not, in fact, in St. Louis, where I was led to believe by the mothership when I worked for said mothership. Some bitch. Yeah. So I'll get to see the barn. Yeah. No Clydesdale, though, because they do live in St. Louis. I did find out this week that Yellowstone is filmed almost exclusively in Utah, even though at the end they say filmed in Montana. I'm sure they do like enough in Montana to to be able to say it's like right. Montana made. It's like that ninety percent like Swiss. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> made Swiss. Uh, but yeah, no, obviously that's not all Montana. Yeah, no, I think it's like it's like ninety percent Utah. It's cheaper there. <laughs> yeah, maybe. And your crew can't get yeah. so drunk because of the three two beers. <laughs> <laughs> no, the real reason there's, becomes there's, apparent. There's some rules there yeah. that are conducive to putting cowboys on a set. So we are going to talk about watches. In effect, I think now is the time when we do that. We should just dive right into it. I just looked at the I just looked at the recording <clears throat> ticker and it was seven eleven. Yeah, but you know, we the music's like four minutes long. And at least. Yeah, easy. Yeah. So we're talking about watches. We're gonna do one of our watch roundup. Uh this is uh this is gonna be a fun one. I think there's a lot of cool releases that have happened in the last couple of weeks since we've done this. Uh yes. Uh, some there's gonna be some some carry on. From our last roundup, we're still on that PRX train. There's going to be uh, <laughs> some transition from from uh, the PRX into Omega. Well, I mean, we're gonna we we're gonna have, have to some it. natural segues here. Yeah, and and I think actually the um, the PRX into Omega is probably the right spot to start. Let's do it. So we've got 
some new colors coming in the PRX line. And we have five new colors in a 35-millimeter case. There's a, a silver with kind of rose gold. Mm. That's what I'm going to call it. I'm comfortable saying rose gold. Hands and markers. A good blue. A silver blue. Baby blue, maybe. Nice emerald green. And an all gold. And this is the PRX that we talk ad nauseum about. It could be the new the new darling in yeah. a 35 millimeter case. Yes, yeah, a 35. I mean, that's the big deal here, right? Yeah. We've now got a 35. So I think the deal with the PRX, you know, you've got that stiff bracelet, that stiff end length, basically, mm-hmm. you know, integrated bracelet, obviously, but there's some stiffness at that first link. So for some people, I think the PRX, the standard, the standard normal size PRX, where it's a little bit too long and in the lug to lug. And so this, theoretically, this 35 millimeter case should address that. Uh, I don't know what the lug to lug is, but at 35, it's probably going to be low to mid 40s at the very most. Um, they don't have it listed. They don't. They don't. Yeah. So we're looking at time and tide. Um, oh, this says length has been reduced to a compact 34.6 millimeters. That doesn't make sense. Yeah. Because... Well, well, I think it may actually, because you've got. Uh, no, you're right. That doesn't that make sense. Doesn't make sense. Although, if you look at the case shape, that's actually. I might be willing to accept that. Let me see if we can find it. Uh, well, no, because the well, yeah, I don't know. Either way, I, I think even with the with the end links, you're still looking at a very very manageable lug to lug on these. Um, and I think they're coming in at like, like you know, under well under five hundred bucks. These are it is a quartz mm-hmm. PRX. I think probably for me, this will be too small. That's my guess at thirty five millimeters. I think I I might get one of these. Yeah, yeah. I and, think uh, I think this is going to be right up my alley. It does seem like Tissot's done a. a the noble thing in sort of not releasing this to as a lady's watch, uh, maybe just the smart thing, mm-hmm. not, not necessarily noble. Um, but clearly their model photos are all petite feminine hands. I think that they've, I modeled for one of those photos. So I, I do take, are you offense. the one in the black sequin dress? Obviously, I thought I you can recognize those, those curves. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think that's the right move, and and yeah. I, I I appreciate that they're not marketing this just as a ladies' watch, also because I don't know that's a weird. I've just always felt uncomfortable by marketing things as like a watch as a men's or women's. It just doesn't make any sense, really, yeah. right? It's a thirty-five millimeter watch, no matter yeah what kind of uh what kind of genitalia or gender preferences you have. It's a watch. I expect to see probably in six months or so they'll do a mechanical version of this also. That of the 35, my, yeah. That would be my guess. So these are under 10 millimeters thick. 9.6. Uh, yeah. So it's going to wear It's gonna wear really nice. Uh, and the finishing looks just as good as, you know, I, I don't know why I would expect it to be any different. But Tissot's really stepping it up. And, and I think they, they've always been in this interesting space. In, in the watch world, 
where they're kind of an introduction into into the pseudo luxury world and they've made a huge splash in the affordable quality category in the last couple of years. And it's really cool what they're doing. They're kind of, they're filling that void that Seiko kind of created maybe, I mean, fake created, but that we all felt existed that we expected Timex to step up and fill and Tiso's filling it. They just moved right in on it and they're like, Hey, what up? Yeah, and I wonder if it's uh I wonder if it's because of the success of the PRX or if it's vice versa. You, you know, I'm not sure it really matters. Um, but it does seem like it does seem like Tiso has stepped up, but I don't I can't think of anything they've done to step up besides the PRX. Sometimes it only takes one right. in several iterations. <laughs> Yeah, uh, And with that, I think that's going to transition us nicely to a Valjoux-powered PRX chronograph. Yeah. Which is not 9.6 millimeters thick. No. <laughs> it's not. We're, we're going to get that one out. 9.6 millimeters thick times two. Yeah. Like, just... Whew. Uh, I mean, well, I don't know what else to say. This is This is... The PRX powered by a Valjoux. How cool is that shit? It, it, it's super cool. This, it, yeah. So, what is this? Is this the seventy-seven thirty-three? What movement is this? I'm looking. I don't recall. So yeah. The, so basically, what it is is a PRX case yep, with 53. a with a three six nine three register chronograph and a date at four thirty, which. Do you need a 4.30 date? I don't know. I like a 4.30 date. Okay. Okay. I don't know where else you're going to put a date on a 3.69. And Maybe you don't put a date. Yeah. I think yeah. a date's appropriate here. All right. So these are great. PRX. So so two roundup episodes. We've now talked about three PRXs. <laughs> one all. So we had the fluted bezel. Yeah. We got the fluted bezel. We've got the 35 millimeter. Mm-hmm. And now we got the chronograph. Uh, like, is this going to become 40 and 20, the PRX podcast? I think it, it maybe should, because if you look at the pushers on that, I, I, I really, want, I want really them. want to get that PRX money, that TSO money. How do we do that? I think we have to be like good at tennis or something. We could get good at tennis or we could shave our hands <laughs> because if you look at this guy who's watch, who's watch modeling, it looks like he shaves the top of his hand, but missed some spots. You think that's the trick? Is yeah. Shave your hands. Shaving. No belt. Yeah. Um, just generally be more fashionable than yeah. we are. Yeah. 77, 53. I'm sorry. Um, that's what I said. 53. We agreed. Okay. Yeah. Um, that's what you guessed. And I said, let me verify. And you were right. So look at it. <laughs> So this is this is sick. It is what sixteen seventeen fifty? No, 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 no. So I think that they are seventeen fifty, but sixteen millimeters thick. No, fourteen and a half 14. millimeters. Oh, which oh. that's a lot. It's that's a, a chronograph. It's a chronograph. got a it's a value movement. I mean, those are those are thick. Even with the thickness of that movement, they've done a really good job contouring this case, so it's not just a big old slab mm-hmm. uh which, which is is hard to accomplish using this movement yeah um, it's very easy to just create a, a 
a leaning tower and put a bracelet on it, and that's what sits on your wrist. This is still very PRX. Sleek, sexy, but a thick-ass chronograph. You know, having not seen these, I do wonder if you're going to lose a little bit of that, a little bit of that PRX feel, right? Because so much of the PRX's identity is that thinness. And so I do wonder if you lose a little bit of that. Um, But... It, it is what it is, right? You can always just get a PRX, uh, you know, whether it's the the quartz or the or the auto for, for a very good price. And now you you can also, well, not now, but soon you'll be able to get them in thirty five, which is really my jam. Yeah, fifteen hundred bucks. Yeah, uh, fifteen hundred euro. I think it's seventeen fifty is what is what they're selling for yeah. MSRP in the U.S. And in uh, in which June. is gr- which is fucking great, by the way. Uh, uh yeah. A sub two thousand automatic chronograph by a legit brand. Uh, that's a that's a super and this is a good movement. It's a, it's yeah. a at a movement Swiss movement. You're gonna get some of the repair, but you know it's a seventy seven fifty. So <laughs> these things are you can work on them, but it's not the most. Uh, it's certainly not haute horology. I, yeah, I, we've we've recorded episodes which are essentially a love letter to the 7750 but <laughs> it's not the most uh repairable movement or or even the most you know, it's quote-unquote workhorse which means a functional piece of shit yeah it's just gonna work though <clears throat> yeah it's gonna do what you want it to do it's gonna be very attractive and it's it um, and you're gonna be able to replace it that's what you do with this movement. yeah i don't i can't think of what other mechanical chronographs are coming in under two thousand? No, I mean this is it's it. This is basically it. Yeah. Yeah. So you've got like the Intramatic Hamilton Intramatic. Yeah. Which is about the same price, same movement for the record. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, there's a couple micro brand things out there. Um, certainly lots of stuff on the used market, but. If it's an automatic chronograph, it's going to be more than this. Just almost as a rule. Yeah. So. I love it. I'd buy it. I want it. It's good. Yeah. I don't know if I'd buy it. Well, I mean, I think that's the thing, right? That's why Mecha Quartz is so... That's why Mecha Quartz is so great. It it looks the same. Mm -hmm. It feels the same. But it's much cheaper. But so much cheaper. I, I mean, like a huge, tremendous amount cheaper. Yeah. Orders of magnitude, even. I think Megacord's <clears throat> movements are like 50-ish bucks cost, you know, which means, you know, 100 to 130 for the for the MSRP in a watch yeah. on that movement. Versus this, I think that this is 500, which means MSRP to the end user... 600 700 minimum yeah in a watch is what i mean by that so just the movement never mind the the rest of what has to happen yeah sorry did i say 607 1100 yeah yeah yeah. i I was underestimating you know you figure you double it whatever cost is you double it to the to the maker so you're kind of got to before you put a watch around this thing it's like 1100 dollars of msrp yeah so what we're what I'm learning right now is that they're ripping us off. Where's the other six hundred dollars in value coming from? 
Yeah, it's a cash grab. Yeah, those, they're so greedy, man. You know, capitalism. Ah, the nerve. Uh, <laughs> so since we're on the topic of new colorway releases, I want to talk a little bit about the Aquaterra. Okay, we're just we're just gonna get them all out of the way right now. Yeah, yeah we're we're gonna do that, and I dig it. I think the Aquaterra. <laughs> you dig what? So Omega introduced five new yeah. thirty-eight millimeter, one hundred and fifty meter Aquaterras, and there's some feelings. What? what yeah, tell me what there, your feelings are. Not from me. I think at large, there's some feelings that this is, I mean, you talked about the meme and I saw that meme, but I couldn't, I couldn't isolate to where I'd seen it either. Sure. But it was an accusation effectively that the Aquaterra was aping Rolex. Yeah. The day chest. Yeah. Their day chest and their releases. And I think I, I think I disagree. Because for things to be similar, it, it doesn't have to be a theft. You know, the, the Honda Civic and the Toyota Corolla are the same thing, but not really a copy of one another. Sure. Pepsi and Coke are direct competitors, but not copies of one another. And I like what Omega's doing with the Aquaterra line. Yeah, yeah. Adding some color to it, adding some fun to it. I like that. Yeah, I think these are great, great looking watches. I'm less interested in who's copying who um, than I am about options. You know, frankly, this is a really close competitor to the Datejust. Uh, and you can get it. You could buy it that's today. Right. That's right. You know, really, in some ways, retail price is about the same. Um, you know, certainly we would expect availability to be higher. But besides that... Um, it's kind of one-to-one. Uh, I don't know enough about Rolex movements to say that a master coaxial is better or worse. What I do know is that a master coaxial is a fantastic movement Mm -hmm. and, you know, probably one of the best production movements that you can buy. And this has it, this has it, uh, we don't talk a lot about Omega on the show, uh, although we have recently. Mm-hmm. It feels like more than than normal. Uh, I think that they've done a few things, a, a couple things that I really like here. So one size is great, thirty eight millimeters. Um, I think that that is um, pretty standard, pretty standard stuff. Uh, but they've gotten rid of the teak dial for these. So this is these have got cleaner sunburst dials. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's got this great six o'clock date window. I like it. I like a date window. Six o'clock is a great place for a date window. Uh, I think that these are just sort of like watches, right? We've talked about the watch. Mm-hmm. This is a watch. Uh, and when I say watch, I'm making finger quotes, right? Like... This is the one watch, right? Yeah. Oh, this could absolutely be the one watch. 150 meters of water resistance. Mag- I mean, I don't give a shit about magnetic resistance, but 
15,000 Gauss seems like a lot to me. Yeah. How's your Albinus doing? Yep. It's with Will. I have to find somebody to service it. <laughs> I spent yesterday trying to uh, doing some research on people to repair my watch. These aren't cheap. 6,000 bucks. But you can get them. Yeah. And if you're in the, well, I want this level, this tier of watch. What I want, I can't get. I think that maybe you do want the Aquaterra. It yeah, does it, all the same things. It's just as attractive. You can get it. I don't know. It, I, I like the new color introduction. And I'm just realizing something, and I'm going to feel like a fool, but we don't. I'm not going to go back and fix this. I've been saying date just, meaning Oyster Perpetual. And oh, you, yeah, and I just agreed with you. I right? went right along with it. Yeah. <laughs> so if you're at yeah, home yelling at your radio, I'm sorry. Obviously... This is a Oyster Perpetual comparison and <laughs> not an OP comparison and not a Datejust comparison. Um, yeah, I, I dig it, man. I dig it. I don't actually know how hard it is to find one of these new colorful OPs. I assume it's not it's not easy, but I wonder if it's... I don't think it's like Submariner hard. Do we have an AD here? We have to have an Omega AD here. We do. Yeah, the place at uh, at Oakway. I will go in there tomorrow. Do it. And I'll see what we can find. Do it. I'll see if I'm even allowed in. If you go in a uniform <clears throat> and flash your badge, I bet they'll let you in. I'll just, I'll just go in without a badge <laughs> and make it look like a robbery. No, no, don't do that. And then, then they'll just let me look, and then I'll leave. And they'll be like, wait, we weren't just robbed? That guy was here shopping? <laughs> uh, so do we keep it going with Omega? Uh, o- Omega introduced... Uh, oh, so Omega introduced a handful of watches uh, this last week and a half or so. Yeah, people have been on benders Yeah, this, this last three months. This release cycle period is big. Yeah, I wonder if we're doing a little bit of catch up. Um, but, you know, I where I think they've done something really sort of obvious and very easy to like in in those new Aquaterras. Um, they've done some things a little bit less obvious with their Planet Ocean series. Mm-hmm. I think what they're calling the uh, Omega Steel. The the ultra deeps, right? Yeah. Oh yeah, the O Oh Mega Steel. Mega right. Steel. Right. Right. Which is a cool play on words and good for Omega for getting clever because it's not really like their version of clever in the last twenty years has been putting Snoopy on a speedy. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, they so Omega's like kind of come back to this ultra deep series and released a bunch of I I can't remember like 2018, 2017 with these. Um, uh, it's been a while. Yeah. It's been a few it's, years. Yeah, they've been out. Uh, but they, in particular, the the flagship uh release from this new Ultra Deep line is this crazy six thousand meter, twenty thousand feet, uh, basically crush anything alive depth. But that won't get you to the bottom of the trench. 20,000 feet is not going to make it. 
forged grade five titanium. No, what's the what's the depth on the thirty five eight? Oh yeah, interesting. Yeah, it's like so. 11. These are these are actually exceeding their rating, going to the bottom of the trench. Right. Right. They update so it's in the originally in two thousand. So in two thousand nineteen, they went to the bottom of the trench. The, this is the Mariana Trench. When, when I say the trench, um, the the original depth was recorded as thirty five thousand eight hundred and forty three feet. The depth was later updated to thirty five thousand eight hundred seventy six feet. Two of them were attached to the submersible's arm, and another was strapped elsewhere to like a mechanical unit. All of them. Came up and down, so all of them beat their specs by <laughs> a measly fifteen thousand feet, <laughs> and that's crazy. They they almost doubled their own rating. You know, it's a little bit. It, At some point, it's just like you, you're there. It's impenetrable, right? <laughs> and I feel like twenty thousand feet rating is just nothing's getting in there. Yeah, well, oxygen I, doesn't get in there. I wonder what the I, I sort of wonder what the like testing parameters are. So so why is it rated at six thousand meters? Whatever. I don't care. Maybe we don't they need to can't get the weeds in, on it. Maybe they can't in a in a lab reasonably create those circumstances. Right. <laughs> I don't know. I mean Yeah, I don't know either. So this is I mean, it, it, this is a totally dumb watch, right? Uh it's a I don't think it's a fixed lug. I do think it's fixed lugs, but I think it's got a split so you can like, I don't know, do like a non-pass through or I don't know, something like that. But it's really cool. I, I don't know. I don't know that I'd ever want to have one. Forged titanium for 12,300. Sign me up. Yeah, yeah. I mean, in the, in the, I think it's a lot cheaper than a deep sea dweller. It No, it is. <clears throat> it's also, I mean. It'd be a cool conversation piece. Yeah. If you got 12 grand to throw around. And if anybody ever recognized it for what it was. Is it a sub? <laughs> no. <laughs> no. Yeah. Yeah. No, these are these are cool. They're interesting. I mean, it's kind of whatever, but. I mean, they're just, they, what, I think what's impressive to me about this watch is that they don't carry all the, I can survive at the bottom of the trench watch hallmarks. I kind of want this watch to have like a laser, like, and not like a like a cat toy laser, like a James Bond laser. Well, yeah, everyone wants that on their watch, but this just is. A, I mean, almost a nondescript dive watch, forty five and a half millimeter case. It's just like, it's like, yeah, I'm a dive watch. It's like low key twenty thousand feet water resistance. Omega is probably the king of the like obnoxiously big watch that people still wear anyway. Like, not not just obnoxiously big, like, uh, like, uh, what's the name of that brand? Uh, Invicta. No, Invicta. Uh, But, um, like, also weird and quirky that it's like, yeah, that's an everyday watch. Uh, Like a Ploprof or, you know. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, that's, you know, that's or what, what's the uh you know plow prof i guess could be an everyday it's not really but what's the the alaska project right it's like the huge aluminum yeah. disc you know 
Not that anybody stately in Because why not? Alaska Project, but... They yeah. do all manner of things. <laughs> Weird. Uh, well, 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 we're talking Omega. Yeah, let's, let's do it. Let's keep it up. So today, I watched The Atom Project. I watched it. I watched it this weekend. Which it was. It was an interesting movie. It was like it. It's kind of a teen movie. I think is where I'm gonna go with that. It's like kind of cute, kind of family story, yeah. kind of action driven. It was an interesting genre collision. Sure. Something that caught me was seeing a 12 year old wearing a speedy. And feeling like it fit his wrist better than it fits mine. Because <laughs> when, when he holds his wrist up and he goes, this watch, I was like, that's a motherfucking Speedmaster. Why does it fit him so good? So first, I'll just say, I actually think this movie is excellent. I really I enjoyed it. it. I think Ryan Reynolds has that ability to sort of make any movie good uh, just by way of his charm. But I thought this movie in particular is better then you might realize at first, I think that their take on, you know, time travel tropes. Um, yeah, I, I actually thought they did really good on the sci-fi bit of it as well. Uh, so to give you a mid-episode other thing. Yeah. Um, and, and not to give too many spoilers, if you've seen a trailer, you know this. Basically, Ryan Reynolds travels from the future back to now, from the future to basically now, mm-hmm. and meets his much younger <clears throat> self. And they do some some world saving together, right? That's that's the premise here. And uh, they at some point meet up with Bruce Banner, and who's who's Ryan Reynolds' dad times two squared or yeah. or square root? I'm not sure. Quite confused. Uh, uh, who also who also wears the same the same Speedmaster <laughs> is on all three people in the same timeline. It's very confusing. On it, different straps. Yes. On different straps. Yes. No, 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 and the article does a good job talking about the different straps, which, which is fun. But I, I, as somebody who consumes a lot of media, I'm always watching the watches that I see, and I, I, I thought the Speedmaster placement in this was who watches the Watchmen. Exactly, I thought the Speedmaster placement was was really well done. Usually, it's like you get just a long hold. On somebody's Speedmaster for no reason. I got one. What up? But this was, it was like this really, it it's, was it kind of its own story. You know, like the, yeah. uh, my dad's watch, you know, I'm wearing it and I'm wearing it still. And it, 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 the dad's a physicist. So it's, there's not like a, oh, I'm an astronaut Speedmaster tie. It's just kind of like... The, they made it just like an every person's watch in that, yeah. and this kid's wearing it. I don't know. I, and it's an 1861 Speedmaster, which which is the right watch. I, I mean, yeah, no, they they definitely did a good job. I agree with you 100. percent They made it into a fun plot point, and it was a good and it's a good watch for that plot point. I loved it, and for no reason. Like it clearly, it's just someone on the set liked a watch. The only yeah. unrealistic thing is is allowing your a middle class family allowing your twelve year old son to wear a Speedmaster. Yeah, I I, I wouldn't tolerate that. Right. <laughs> that was the only realist. I don't care if it's dads or not. You're not wearing that fucking thing until you turn twenty. Yeah, the F ninety one gets worn by my kids sometimes. <laughs> the fifty six hundred, but the F ninety one that's disposable, making it the most durable watch on the planet. Um, so with that, <clears throat> we can move on to something else. But I thought it was a good 
Speedmaster spot in media. And I wanted to mention it. Yeah, and this Danny Milton article is good as good as well. So Danny uh, Milton winds up talking to the prop. You know, if you're at if you're at Hodinkee, apparently you have access to prop masters, and he winds up talking to the prop master. How do we get access to prop masters? <laughs> you Brett? Know, it might be one of those things where you just have to ask, uh, and we don't have enough confidence to ask and. Who would we ask? You just email the Adam Project at gmail.com. I mean, what? Yeah, maybe. Uh, yeah, you know, I, I don't know. Obviously, connections. But in any event, the, the article is well written. It's insightful. I, I actually really like Danny Milton's writing. Uh, and, and I think he did a good job with this. So, link will be in the show notes. Yeah. And you can get one on the uh, Hodinkee shop for $52.50 right now. <laughs> okay, is, is it a 3861? Probably is, right? Yeah, it is. Why would you write an article about 3861 and then post? Uh, well, no, this was an 1861 in the movie, so. Doesn't matter. <laughs> Moving right along. Let's talk about that G-Shock. Oh, yeah. What? So we don't talk, we, we talk enough about G-Shock on this show, but... Uh, I don't know if I, I don't know if if you've looked at this new MRG uh, B five thousand, the new titanium DW five thousand iteration. So they're calling this the B five thousand B dash one, which is I think it might be like a troll. I think this watch might be a troll. That I th- I think you're right, <laughs> which I don't. I'm I'm cool with it. I'm cool with it, Cassio. You troll me all you want, baby. Uh, it's yeah. This is a this is a five thousand C case, uh, made out of titanium. That's going to cost you how how much are these? Uh, Six thousand. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> Six thousand dollars. They're obviously beautiful. It, I, I'm. I'd buy it. <laughs> I would. So what what interested me most about this article was, and, and it's something I never considered, was that as G-Shock's technology has to evolve with different materials that it's using, and also, you know, you should just improve your technology over time. They do an exploded view of a G-Shock bezel. Which doesn't sound interesting. <laughs> but it is. Until you see a picture of it. Yeah. And I I want Art of Urology to do a print of this exploded bezel of the G-Shock. And I would buy several because I never want to go into a room of my house without seeing it. 56 parts is what they say in the article. And I don't count 56 parts when I look at the exploded view. But right, uh, they say 56. 25 part. I don't yeah. know where 56 came from. <laughs> 25 <laughs> parts, which is weird that it's an odd number until you consider the just the single plate that you see when you look at the bezel. But when you look at this exploded view, there is so many moving pieces to be able to retain their shock absorption and resistance as they change technologies as they change bracelet strap and 
watch materials. It mm. all has to compensate for these different um, shock-resistant and absorbing characteristics of the materials that they're using. It's just something I never considered. Yeah. And then when they this article talks about how they had to make adjustments as they go into um, metallurgy and adding both weight and a change in shock resistance. Mm. Something I never would have considered. I was like, oh, it's, a, it's a fucking G-Shock. They've, they've all been built the same since the beginning of time, and they will all be built the same until the end. Not the case. Yeah, and they've actually done something kind of interesting here. You, you, you know, it, it's this is sort of like a... Uh, this is sort of like, uh, you, you know, the the gravity-defying pressurized pen capsule versus pencil argument mm-hmm. uh, a, a little bit, right? The, the G-Shock is such a beautiful design uh, because it's, you know, it's so simple. And this is almost, in, in some ways, this is like anti- g-shock or it feels that way maybe it's not maybe that's not it exactly flies in right. the face of the simplicity argument that's right yeah it's it's it is in some ways anti-g-shock and, and and i'm here for it i think it's cool uh i'm always gonna be uh i'm always gonna be a proponent of the unnecessary unnecessarily complicated and interesting but to make it simple yeah right. <laughs> yeah yeah just i mean a, a cool like give me that fisher space fan i'm into it yeah there's a cool G-Shock article that remind you the G-Shock is not as simple as we think it is. It's not a pencil. Well, well, the G-Shock is a pencil. This G-Shock is a Fisher Space Pen. Yeah. <clears throat> so also six grand. It will be available in titanium and it's very cool. And I think they they have it in steel too for a little bit less money, it, right? Five grand. No. <laughs> it is. I'll give you the exact number. Uh yeah, no five. Five thousand. All right, where do we go from here? Oh, I don't know. My friend Andrew. We, um What's uh What the speed timer? Oh yeah. This is this is so not one but two automatic chronographs on this show. Thank you Everett and Andrew. You're welcome. You're welcome. So Seiko, I think it was 2019 that Seiko kind of brought back to life its presage automatic chronographs. You you know, Seiko famously first to market with an automatic chronograph back when Zenith was fighting with... Allegedly. The other Swiss, the other Swiss folk... uh, uh, you know, Zenith with their chronomatic collab movement. Seiko kind of sneaks in, beats them to market with the speed timer. Very, very cool movement. Vertical clutch, column wheel, 6139. Uh, it, it's always, to me, felt like a little bit of a vacuum. The automatic chronograph for for normal people um, so when Seiko kind of signaled that it might be willing to commit to that market segment a few years ago, uh, I, I was kind of excited about it. Uh, n- not that I've rushed to market to buy one of these, um, but this week or last week, in, in the last week or so, Seiko's announced, uh, this is a limited edition, a limited edition, but it's a 
Ellie that is near... Kind of special to us. And dear to us at 40 and 20 here because it is a limited edition for the World Championships, the World Championship track event that's going to be here in June of 2022. And when I say here, I mean in Eugene, Oregon, which I suppose is kind of like the spiritual home of track and field in the United States. Mm Mm-hmm. I think some people think to the detriment of the sport. Uh, But in any event, here we are with a world-class track facility and no hotels within 20 miles of said track facility. Uh, Yeah. So World Championships, Eugene, Oregon, June 2022, and the Seiko Limited Edition watch to commemorate this. Uh, Pretty neat. Do I love the watch? I don't know. It's... Beautiful. It's an automatic chronograph, which I'm a sucker for. Uh, it is, <laughs> as Seiko does, the dial is themed. Mm-hmm. And supposedly this dial invokes the pebbled track surface at Hayward, the brand new Hayward field. Uh, I, I hate the, the way Seiko <laughs> describes colors. I I hate it. Yeah. Well, it, there is no color that captures the glistening glow of dew burning <laughs> off in the morning. Yeah. Fuck off. Uh I do think that this has oh so 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 caliber 8R46 which is Seiko's very very good vertical clutch column wheel chronograph that I they've also got this patented heart shape uh, plate that that secures the balance wheel. I don't know enough about movements to to know if that's cool, but I think that's old tech that Seiko kind of patented at some point and has ridden out uh, for better or worse. And I think probably it, it's it's neutral at best. But yeah, I dig this thing, man. Thirty two hundred euro is the price on these. So I guess that's what 3500 bucks, not a cheap watch, Neighborhood, but yeah, you, you know, for, there will be a non LE also. And I imagine it's just going to be a black dial well, or just you, a little bit more. You can still get the presage, the 2019, 2020 presage chronos. Um, and, and so I think the only thing that's an upgrade for this one is their use of Luma bright. Mm-hmm. So they've done more, Luma bright on the dial in hands than is than is typical for this watch. So it's gonna be a basically bees knees tits Seiko with Seiko's pretty dope automatic chronograph that's probably more expensive to maintain than a Valju. Um but you know it's fuck it's watches. Everything in watches is stupid. This is no more stupid than anything else. And if you're like me, it's almost exactly the right amount of stupid. What's their super hard coating? Well, I think that Seiko's Dia Shield, right? Right. Is there something else? I don't know. They just with super hard coating. Is Dia Shield their hard coating? I don't remember. Yeah. Doesn't me either. <clears throat> it, it's it's a really great it, it's it's really interesting watch. I though. will report that after several days of wearing that there are not scratches on this. Trasca. Your Trasca? Yeah, I've yeah. heard the, I've heard their coding is fantastic. I also I have no desk diving marks yet. I'll pass it off, but it's uh 
I haven't put it to the test exactly. Like I'm not going to set out to to mar my watch, but Everett can. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, it looks it's, great. Uh, you've it's, been wearing this basically. You've been wearing it basically every day, right? Yeah, not to work, but you know, for all other applications. Yeah, I, I assume Trasco is <clears throat> using something like Dia Shield or yeah. or whatever. So, so we got we got time, I think, for. Maybe one more. Tell me what you want to talk about. You know what I want to talk about? <clears throat> tell me, tell me, tell me, tell me. I want to talk about the Timex Expedition Northfield Northfield Post Solar 36. <laughs> That's a long name. It's a lot Time, of it's Time, a lot of name. Timex doesn't do really well with references or names. They do really well with Cool watches, though. This is everything you come to expect out of a Timex. It there's nothing special or cool about it, but that it's simultaneously special and cool. It's a weekender in 36, but solar. So it's their Northfield Post Solar, I think, in black anodized. Uh, 100 meters of water resistance. It's a screw down crown. I mean, it's just, it's, it's Timex taking a step up and at $159. Yeah. I almost just bought one of these without mentioning it because it's, what is Timex doing that they're doing so many cool things? Yeah. You you know, these are, so the one you sent me, is being sold out of the wind-up watch shop. Uh, and it sort of feels like Timex is has realized that there's this market here and uh phoning it in is can't be all of their can't be all of their their watches, right? Yeah. You, you know, I don't know that there was any good reason for the weekender to be as popular as it was, uh, besides just Simplicity of design. Timex is a great brand, but it, it it felt a little bit like the Weekender was a shitty watch. I mean, I still today feel like it is a shitty watch. <laughs> Weekender is a pretty awful watch, and and I like it. It's a it's an awful watch that I can say without reservation. I really like um, because it looks good and it's it just kind of makes sense. Uh, and it was forty bucks, fifty bucks. Uh, but you know, plated brass, uh, terrible, terrible, terrible movement. Uh, not particularly reliable movement. Not particularly accurate movement. Noisy as fuck. Yeah. You, you know, so so the, the dial printing is fine as whatever, but nobody ever talks about dial printing on a forty dollar watch. <laughs> You no, know, because it's disposable. Relatively well designed, and that's about it. Everything else about that watch is terrible. Uh, and yet, we talk about it fondly. It it seems a little bit like Timex has decided to take some of that and put them into legitimate and still very affordable watches. It, it, yeah, it, it seems like they're gonna they're making a move into watch people watches in, in this regard. I mean, this is or it, or at least or at least like like. Uh, reasonably uh, wanting consumers. Yeah. Right. 
plated steel, solar quartz, sapphire crystal, screw down crown, 100 meters of water resistance. I mean, it, it, it's just cool. I mean, they're, they're, they're making a no bullshit field watch. And to be clear, black plated steel. It's not plated steel. Yeah, black plated steel. They, they, yeah. use, they use black plated as vernacular, but I think really what it is is some sort of PVD yeah. uh, coating. Yeah. I mean, like, this is one of the most no bullshit Timexes out there. And solar. And solar. This is the field watch to me. It's got all the things. Its loom could be better. But its loom is perfectly adequate. Is is that true? Do you know that is is the loom? Just looking at the at the loom plots, they just need to be a little bigger. No no indiglow on this? No, no indiglow. It doesn't look like it, at least. Yeah. It's that looks like applied loom to me. Well, and, you know, you can't have it all. You, you can't win them all, right? This isn't this isn't <laughs> Orient can't win them all. This is like a it's just small yeah. little loom plots. Yeah. But this, and you know they've gone with aged loom, but it, it's not overdone here. No, and it comes on like a khaki. It's nylon not like the, that boulder orange. Uh, yeah, yeah, that was a, that's a weird color choice, but <laughs> so so cool. I, I saw this and I was like, I think I need one of these. This, I mean, this was one of the coolest watches that's come out this year for me. Yeah. All right. I, you know, we, we pulled a couple of other articles, but I think we can skip them. Um, that's some interesting stuff. Maybe throw them in the show notes. Yeah, I'll throw uh, them in the show notes. So you, Watching you, you did it at a 30 under 30-ish list of some cool folks, some folks that we know and like and highlighted some people in the industry who are making a... Young people, young people in the industry. Making a stank in a good way. Yeah, I, I don't know what I think about that article. I, I'm not sure I understand it. But I don't I don't particularly understand it either, but it was a nice reminder of some of the people that are there. and Cool to celebrate y- young people in, in our industry. So, uh, Yeah, <clears throat> Serica introduced the first Serica watch that I don't like. Yeah, uh, man. I love the... The colors on it. I just, I don't like the California dial. I've never liked the Serica bracelets. I want to like this watch, but I just, I can't bring myself to it. And the Zach Blass <laughs> Time and Tide article regarding the Panther de Cartier uh, watch being kind of the, what, what do they say? Uh, Cartier remains the go-to power watch. Uma Thurman, Rihanna, Dua Lupa. And more confirmed this Cartier remains the go-to power watch. That was a fun article. It was. Yeah. It, it, it's cool seeing like outside of the uh, the prop master what people are wearing. Yeah. it's use, I assume generally that people are just uninformed. But if you're choosing that watch, you can't be wholly uninformed. Yeah. Well, I'd wear a Panther de Cartier. Maybe I'll get one. I'm, I want one. I, I kind of want one of those. I don't know what it's called. What's the snake? What's the snake Cartier? The snake? The one that like coils around the wrist. Oh, I don't know. <laughs> I'm always really intrigued by the crash. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's a cool watch. Yeah. All right. Other things. Andrew, what you got? Are you familiar with NFTs? Uh, n- I mean, no. I'm, I'm not talking about <laughs> NFTs tonight. Uh, so. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I am familiar with the idea. Uh 
I don't know if I've talked about the show or not. It, it's called The Last Kingdom. Yeah, we've talked about that have on we, the show. Have we? Well, I'm going to talk about it. I the, the new season, it's a Netflix Vikings spinoff. It's it's a Bulgari. It's the Bulgari Serpenti. Oh. I'm sorry. You should be. I apologize to the listeners. Okay. Last Kingdom spinoff. The, the newest season just released, and they get into it fast yeah we're i'm in i think i'm in the third episode of the new season and there's no build-up to the new season they just dive right in (laughs) yeah kim and i watched the first episode last night yeah they just go for it and this is what i was looking for when i started the actual vikings show sequel I dig The Last Kingdom. It's not as well acted. It's not as well produced. I like the stories. I think equally, which allows me to look past the fact that they're not as good of actors and the production value is not as good. (laughs) But I totally dig it. And if uh, I waited a long time, I'm one who like routinely checks on when release dates are going to be for shows that have 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 had a long hiatus. And I've been very much looking forward to this release. So when I saw it, when I knew it was going to drop and it dropped, I was like, yes. Does Alexander Draymond look like Brad Pitt to you? Yeah. he look, I, I see that guy and I'm like, this guy looks just like a fairly young Brad Pitt. I, yeah, I, I agree. Like 40 years ago, Brad Pitt. Right. <laughs> like we're seeing some kind of time warp. Yeah. His accent, I don't know. There's a lot of things that about that show that just kind of bug you, but the story sucks you up such that you are able to look past it right away. Yeah. Destiny is all. That bugs me every time. And then I'm like, God, that's so fucking, oh, I love this show. <laughs> I don't even get to the, this so dumb. I, I can't even finish my insult before I'm sucked in. <laughs> yeah, I feel the same way. No, it's really good. I, I think it's a really enjoyable I think it's a really enjoyable show. I, I'm into it. I, I dig it. So the new season's out. It's It holds up against all the other seasons. I like the trajectory that they're taking all the characters on thus far. I'm pleased with it. Yeah, check it out. Good shit. What have you got? So, oh, oh, first, a little bit of a caveat. That's unacceptable. <laughs> because... Here we are, episode, what, 178? Ish. Ish. Uh, And so (laughs) there's some chance I've talked about this before because this has been something I've enjoyed for several years. Uh, But I dove back in this week. Are we going to talk about not wearing underpants? (laughs) So if you have not heard of the murder bot diaries if you have not heard about it on this show a that's a victory for me uh but if you have not otherwise heard of the murder bot diaries i want you to i want you because you're listening to this show so i know you like sci-fi and you probably read as well because all of our listeners are smart uh well-read science fiction fans i'm sure of it at least 90 percent of you because being a science fiction fan and being caught up on science fiction du jour makes you well read (laughs) (laughs) exactly so murderbot diaries is a series by an author martha wells i think they're published by tor.com which is one of these like kind of 
bleeding edge uh, publishers. Uh, but this is, it, it's a series, it starts off the first, I read the novellas. So I think the first handful of books that came out, there was maybe four of them were novellas. So pretty short. And, and actually I would say at the time I read these all, they were painfully short. Uh, as in it was so good that I wanted it to be more. And every time I finished one of these novellas, I was like, oh, man, I want more. Um, subsequently, Martha Wells has expanded the series. So she's released two full-length novels. And for some reason, so I think the first one of those uh, came out in, gosh, 2020, the first of the full-length uh, books came out in 2020 and I just hadn't gotten back to it. Uh, and finally this week it was in my list. And so I grabbed it and, uh, have started reading it and it's instantly just back. So the premise of the story is Murderbot is a hybrid cyborg, mostly a computer, but with the genetic material. So some sort of, I don't know, whatever it's sci-fi. Okay. Uh, but flesh and blood, uh, but very clearly a hyper cynical, asexual, unemotional, not unemotional, um, but, you know, like makes fun of human emotions and how slow humans think. And it's written in the first person perspective from Murderbot, and it is incredibly charming uh, Murderbot is a, you know, incredibly capable because it's this sec unit that's got a disabled regulator and so is able to do things that it shouldn't be able to do. And it's got like an incredible sense of morality. It's anyway, Agent Smith, who likes to watch soap operas. <laughs> that's right. It's also got a penchant for so very, very good writing. Martha Wells is a fantastic writer and these books are so good, so charming. Um, and yeah, like I said, I've just now gotten back into these after having read all of the, the novellas before now reading network effect. I think I started it two nights ago and I'm 75% of the way through a, a not short book because I just can't put it down. So, uh, two hearings this morning, Starting at 8.30, had to be in the office at 7, you know, or really like start working at 7, which means I kind of got to be up at like 5, and I read impulsively until like 1.30 last night. Consequences. I know, <laughs> because this is so good. So Martha Wells, Murderbot, check it out. You know, I would, I would do the thing where you like read about the series you know, don't read plots or spoilers, but kind of read about the series. Understand what's going on before you dive in. But no, dive in. Go. Just, just get the very first novella and start. <clears throat> yeah, that's how books are supposed to be enjoyed. You don't read. like. Well, I guess the only reason I say that is because there may be uh, different ways to come at it. But yeah, I would definitely start with the novellas. Really good stuff. And Andrew, that's all, all I've got. Uh, hang on. <laughs> What, what am I holding for? I'm holding for, well, they're 61 bucks to buy them all. Um, 
You, the, you, the first the first three novellas, twenty seven bucks. You can buy it now with one click. That's dangerous. Uh, uh, like paperback or or Kindle on Kindle. The the first all systems read, five dollars on Kindle. Get all systems read. It's a free app. You already have Amazon. We know it. And I, I haven't read this book. I'm gonna. I'm gonna not buy it right now. And I think Network Effect, the one I'm reading right now, uh, is available via Amazon Unlimited. I think I'm reading it via Amazon Unlimited. I don't think I understand Amazon Unlimited, and I don't know if I have it or not. <laughs> that and, being said, Andrew, what do you got to add? I'm all we... out of things. I love it. I love it. Hey, thank you guys for joining us for this episode of Forty and Twenty, the Watch Clicker Podcast. Uh, check us out on Instagram at 40 and 20. Obviously check out at watch clicker. Cause that's where the, the primary, the, the majority of our good content comes through. Also check out the website, right? That's where we post weekly articles, reviews, every episode of this podcast, but you already listened to that. Check out the website, watchclicker.com. If you want to support watch clicker, and I hope you do, you can do that at patreon.com slash 40 and 20. And that's where we get all the money for, hosting and microphones and software and don't forget to tune back in next thursday for another hour of watches food drinks life and other things we like bye-bye